You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. Welcome back. It is Johnny and Yusuf from Propane Fitness. Hi there. Hello. Today we are going to talk about Relationships 103. We have done two very successful episodes that I think have helped a lot of people or at the very least uh, helped us understand our own stance on relationships. Hasn't Good it ended a relationship? relationship? Pardon? It's ended a relationship. It ended a relationship. So I got a message from someone, I won't say who. Careful. Um, I got a message from a girl on Twitter saying that after she watched one of the relationships podcasts, she decided to finish a relationship she'd been unhappy in for a long time and was now four weeks hence and feeling liberated and better for it. So congratulations. Instagram funnel. Exactly. So today we're actually, speaking of ending relationships, we're getting to the the darker parts, I think, of uh, of relationships. We're going to talk about cheating, how to get over someone, and how to end relationships. It's quite a... Um, Quite a murky world, mm. this one, isn't it? We're down into the depths now, where all of the fish have got long teeth and they've got those oh, little angular things that come off the top. globe and the teeth are coming like this. Yeah. And one of the worst things is that all of us have got really terrible... Brilliant stories about us. Brilliant slash terrible, <laughs> however you would like to look at it indeed, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think we left off last time kind of trying to work out how to establish a good relationship and move it forward... But obviously, doesn't matter how well you try and start things off, inevitably relationships do sometimes go awry. Mm-hmm. And certainly in my experience, um, in relationships, the beginning of, for me, the first realisation that there's something wrong is when sexual interest starts to wane. So for me, that's like the f- the first warning signal. Like as soon as that starts, I'm like, oh, man. Like, I'm not being interested, I'm not being challenged, I'm not being... I'm just I, not as bothered. I would say when sexual interest starts to wane, <clears throat> that's the sugary coating to the relationship, and it reveals any underlying malformations with the way that you've come together, and it makes it more obvious, because there's no longer any sugar coating to make that better. And there was two themes that you mentioned in 102, about when you meet someone and you have slightly misaligned values, and as you grow together those trajectories will move further and further apart. And then when they get to breaking point, then there's a natural progression, which is breaking up. And the other thing was about tolerating things or what was the word you use? Like keeping someone right or... Yeah, drawing lines in the sand. Yeah, having having those boundaries. And if you don't set them early on, over time, they as grow. the sugar coating starts to dissolve... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's kind. Of, that's kind of right, isn't it? Over you get kind of like compounding interest on differences between the two of you, or it's mm-hmm. like the trajectory of a of a rocket ship. Like if you're one percent off at the start, by the time you get oh. to the moon, you're actually like a hundred thousand miles apart from each other. And it's like you're holding a rope, and you both just start walking in the desert. Yeah, like a stretchy rope, let's say long one, long long. Some elastane. Um, yeah, and you both just start walking together. You think you're walking parallel, but over time, you start realizing mm. you're both walking like that, drifting apart. And then eventually the rope pulls more and more and more and you either allow it to pull yourselves together and you realign your values together or you carry on stubbornly going your own way until 
Snap or you, you yeah. and then see someone else who's holding a bit of rope and think, fancy Ooh. a bit of that rope while that I'm holding this one. That and then before you know it, you've got hold of five bits of rope. Well, oh, that's when you're trying to hold on to one and you just lean yeah. over and get, get the, the other, other one. one. Mm. And, yeah. then, and hoping they don't notice. But they can see that you're holding on to two ropes. And then you've got one in your mouth. And then you've got like... I don't think we need to talk about what we've got in our mouth. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, Relationships no. 104. <laughs> that's 104. That's, the, that's a, available on a members-only website. What to and what not to put in your mouth. Quite certain mm. requirements for that. So. Exactly. So, yeah, I think... Should we start with cheating in a relationship? Because we've still got the relationship at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, We're still in the relationship. The, you know, this, imaginary, this imaginary relationship that's had a million different timelines. We should probably off. say then, like, if, you've watched, if you're watching this and you haven't seen 101 and 102, these move in chronological order so for from... God's sake. For bloody yeah. hell. I mean, why are you watching 103 before you've watched 102 yeah, and 101? It's because 101 I think is... 103's got better stuff in. That's, I always do that. I always watch like, Skip part ahead. two, part three. Part well, you've bought an iPhone X, not an iPhone 1, haven't you? Mm. Fair enough, yeah. whatever. So... <laughs> Cheating in a relationship, a couple of things that I'd like to kind of mention straight off is that there's certainly been times where I've, so I've been, uh, my infidelities in relationships haven't been massive, but they have been, uh, they've existed. And one of the main reasons that I've done it, I think, is to kind of protect myself. I've kidded myself into believing that if I cheat in a relationship, that somehow gives me some sort of power or if I've got some... Uh, insecurities about the way that the other person feels about me, it almost comforts me and kind of pads those out, gives it an artificial sense of inflation where I'm, oh, I'm not as bothered, like, because I've, like, I've slept with someone else, so I'm, I'm not really that arsed. But all that you're doing there is you're just papering over cracks of a problem which are going to get worse. And in fact, actually, you're just driving a wedge into them because if you're concerned about how you feel about someone, Sleeping with someone else is a pretty surefire way of beginning to. So, are you saying cheating? You, whenever you have cheated, it's been a political move, or is it just that it's unconscious behaviour that then, as you think about it, it's like, oh, maybe I did that so that I can distance myself from it. Without yeah, I, to... I think in retrospect, I'm not really too sure at the time. At the time, it's quite sort of um, primal and tits and that. Yeah, tits and shagging and that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it, it feels like an insurance policy somehow against being hurt. But That's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, so have you, have you... It makes sense. Like, uh, yeah. Have you both cheated on people before? Yes. I've never cheated on someone. I have. Okay. So I, I never viewed it in the way that you viewed it. That feels very, like, a step away from the situation. It's like, here's a situation happening. I'm going to go in another room and think about it. And then come back in and make a decision. My, I feel like mine was always like, this This situation's kind of, doesn't feel as good as it used to, so I'm looking for the next one, if that makes sense. Oh, so you were prospecting? I think so. I think so. so that's a different motivation then, isn't it? That's like, I'm unhappy in this, but I'm not doing it as an insurance policy to feel better about this relationship. I'm mm. just looking for a new rope to hold so, on to. So I think actually that's, I think the reason why most people cheat is that they believe that the sugary coating is the, the, the right thing to chase. Yeah. And so like, I also think that every relationship has a fixed trajectory. So like there's this, you'll encounter the same problems now, like in the relationship you're in now, than then as you will in the one that you move into by cheating, assuming that most people like they're married, for example, they cheat on their partner and then end up in a relationship with the person they cheated on, thinking that they will never experience the problems that they had with that person. 
but actually they're just starting again and in two years probably time, on a worse premise as well because you've well, then started the, a relationship as on the pre- affair well, see, <laughs> so the one way to know for sure that the person that you're with will cheat on you has the capacity to cheat is is because you met them by cheating on someone oh, yeah. and they were cheating on someone <laughs> there's like a meme a, there's a meme floating around that says if he cheats with you he'll cheat on you mm. well like that i don't think that's an unfair thing to say as well like past so behavior is usually fucking obviously predictive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking <laughs> obviously yeah mm. so i mean, yeah i oh no it. no i'm different now i've, I've changed i'm a better <laughs> person you know. so that said though i think um having cheated on someone before oh. I now realise how just utterly pointless it is. Like it is, it is, it is hyperbolic discounting at its at its biggest, most Everyone. insidious form. I've got like cramp and it flipping that. Where is it? In my foot. Ah, thanks, Johnny. Is it going? Yeah. Great. I'm glad for that. Well, I'm glad that we featured that. So. Yeah, the hyperbolic discounting thing is from 101, and you mentioned it in that, so you need to go back and watch it, yeah? For heaven's sake. Um, so I, I totally agree. There's kind of like a product life cycle. Exactly. And then you've gone, you've got like intro, growth, maturity, mm-hmm. and then as it begins to tail off, all that you're doing is just starting again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and actually, I think the some of the, the best parts of a relationship are, are, are accessed only after you've gone through that period of time. Through the, the lull and then yeah. it goes into or it's, it's a lull if you choose it to be a lull. It's a lull if you think, like, I'm... So back into my analogies of, like, treating a, a relationship as an asset. Like, people think that a relationship happens to them. And then when the relationship stops working, they think, oh, well, the relationship stopped working, so I need to go and find a new one. Rather than, the relationship's not working, why don't I invest more time in the relationship to try and make this relationship better? It's like, you, you've gone, you put all this work in, finding this person, building a relationship with them, having all these experiences with them. And then as soon as some like sexual interest or, or whatever goes, a lot of people, myself included at one point have gone, fuck this, I'm off rather than actually, why don't I just double down on this and, and see if I can fix the problem. It's like a, it's, it's like a startup cost or a fixed overhead to a relationship, isn't it? Yeah. Cause at the beginning, you, everybody needs to do the same things. You need to meet the parents you need to work out where they live. You need to work out their schedule. You need mm. to try and align yours with theirs. And there is a... Administrative uh, headache. Administrative it's, it's a nightmare. It's with, a bloody yeah. nightmare. So we have mm. to repeat that just for the sake of novelty mm. is a bit... So we got criticised last time for, I think it was your analogy of the second-hand car market mm. in relationships. Mm. And actually, this... Despite the fact that it's entirely accurate. But, well, I will yeah. fight to the death anyone who thinks that that's not right. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, you're, you're commodifying women. It's like, no... You're, men are, men are you're assuming. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're talking about that. We're talking about men and women. Works in both directions. Yeah, exactly. So the, the, in all directions, all directions. Yeah, not it's not yeah. bi-directional. Yeah, don't uh, put me in a box, Chris. That, that was video Zerdine that um, looked over and listened. <laughs> uh, for anyone who's listening, uh, you will notice Dean. there is a there is a, a discrepancy about whether video Mandine is called video Mandine or video guy Dean. So we've decided that we're now non-binary and mm-hmm. we're name fluid. So no preferred pronoun Dean. No. Yes. Video person or video Zer. So this, this, uh, this curve. Of, like, I feel like you're making light of it. I, it's a very serious. I it's like a very serious. Very serious. I'm fully serious. So <laughs> I tell you all. I tell you. So this curve. <laughs> if you were to buy a decent car to to begin with, yeah. Now and your plan is to keep it for fifty years. Mm-hmm. You would spend some time looking for a good car. You wouldn't get a cheap rubbish one. Yeah. You would then invest in it. You treat it well. 
so that in 30 years time or 50 years time, it becomes a vintage car or becomes a classic car rather than if you got a rubbish one that has no prospect of becoming a classic car in the future, mm. then yeah, you're going to have to keep hopping between cars and finding new Did ones. Did I use my shoe analogy no. last time? I remember reading What's the shoe analogy. Later on. So the shoe, the shoe analogy, I'm going to get, someone's going to get upset again. So <laughs> imagine if I said, so this is very, like very Tim Ferriss. So imagine you're going, you're going, uh, traveling single backpack and you can take with you one pair of shoes and that pair of shoes has to be comfortable to walk in. Yeah. It has to be appropriate for if you're smartly dressed, you have to be able to go to the gym in, in them. Like you would pick a fucking good pair of shoes. Yeah. Like you would spend a lot of time weighing up the pros and costs of all the different pairs of shoes. In relationships, what a lot of people do is see the flimsy high heel and think, I'm going to buy them. And they're, Cause they look nice. They work in one specific area of your life or they maybe match one specific situation or one side of your personality. But actually when you want to go for a walk on Sunday morning, they're never going to work. Or a pair of lifters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> lifting yeah. Shoes. I saw a video the other day of a guy walking. I can't remember where it was. He was just like walking along the street in a pair of squat shoes. So like, that's a man who bought the wrong pair of shoes. He bought the wrong shoes. I bet his relationships are terrible, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's awful in relationships. So, like, in the same analogy, like, if you... Not fit for purpose. Yeah, you've got... Yeah. You're buying these pairs of this pair of shoes, like, you're investing in this situation that, like, you're going to be with that person on holiday, like, in the house when there's nothing to do, in all these different situations. So you better make sure that... It's so, basically, that, that's buying a Volvo, isn't it? Knowing that it's going to last you... Mm. So, to, to, to go on Volvo to... Volvo with a turbo and some nice exhausts. That's <coughs> yeah, tuned. Neons. It's well tuned, isn't it? So the the cheating side of things. Why do you think people cheat in relationships? Why do you think men cheat first? I think it's the belief that novelty will cure the problem that they're experiencing or the feeling that they're experiencing. Whether that is lack of connection, lack lack of engagement, feeling unhappy with the person. So, like something happens in the relationship that the existing novelty by definition wears off because it's no longer novel. And we are in a society whereby um, you are constantly aware of other options in relationships. So walking down the street on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, like there's Tinder. every, well, yeah, in a more direct sense, but even if you're not in like a dating market, you're still presented with window shopping, hundreds and hundreds of different people who are single, who are sort of, advertising their life as it were on social media. And so to, to try and tell yourself whether this is in a relationship or, or anything for that matter, like the decision I've made is the best decision and I'm happy for, I'm happy with that. And no alternative is possibly better when you are in a situation that you are feeling doubtful of and, and it's the, the sort of the shine's gone off it and suddenly there's an opportunity placed in front of you and you think that novelty that is appealing, you people then to tend to make a short term decision. I think we're signaling again off, uh, hotness rather than beauty to a degree as well. If yeah. you remember the analogy from yep. 102, mm-hmm. um, people are using that as a gauge of, well, this is potentially more beautiful because there's a novelty bias mm-hmm. um, and a recency bias as well and uh, all of the other all the other um, cognitive biases so, that we... So, so hot is um, like some Jimmy Choo's. Beautiful is like, sort of like a nice pair of nanos or like that could be worn in loads of different situations. I get that. Like they're really nice... But they're not, not quite as glitzy. Yep, I get that. Why do you think Good women... A pair of Merrells. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. There probably would be some cat boots. Yeah. Um, why do you think women cheat, Yusuf? So there's the, there's a few psychologists that have formalised what Johnny's just said there, which is the, the stereotype that men will treat for 
cheat for physical sexual novelty and women cheat because they feel unloved. Um, and that the primary driver of men's motivation in a relationship is respect. And for women, it's love. And if they don't feel like they're receiving that um, respective thing, then they'll start to be unhappy in the relationship and, and want to leave. There's an interesting study which looks at asking people who are in partnerships, how, what would be worse for you if your partner was having great sex with someone else or if your partner was deeply in love with someone else? It's like what, on one side it was they didn't care about them but were having good sex. Yeah. And on the other side, didn't ever touch them but sent very meaningful messages and cared about them deeply. Yeah, exactly. So the, the, those two kind of opposites on the spectrum. And men would always say, or in general would say, I prefer if my partner was deeply in love with someone else but didn't touch them. And women would prefer the opposite. So I think that's quite interesting with the way that we're wired. And so, the way sorry, that we, say that again. What so, do men prefer? So men would prefer if their partner was in love with someone else rather than if they were having great sex with someone else, but it was meaningless. Mm. I think that just harks really, back. I really can't decide. Really? I think I would... I'd, I'm probably part of that stereotype. You'd prefer well, that they were in love? Yeah. Even Why? though it's illogical because that's harder to... Remedy. Yeah. In this situation right now, it's Just easy what? for me to, it's easy for me to rationalize, but the, um, juvenile ego inside of me, I know how visceral and how stomach punching it is when you don't feel like you're good enough. Mm. And it's, there's nothing that you can do to stop to want that feeling to just fuck the fuck so, off. So visceral, like Aubrey Marcus was talking about when his wife first had sex with someone else and he started this polyamorous relationship that he spent a lot of the time like dry retching on all fours, just like... <laughs> yeah. Great one, Aubrey. Insane. Great one, mate. How about with your <laughs> salt in the water? Yeah. Salt Fucking water bone, the bone broth on the morning, yeah. mate. Yeah, enjoy that while you... How about your with your wife's, wife's getting leathered all over by some 21-year-old from Austin, Texas. Jesus. While you're sniffing your... Rosalie incense oil, candle, trying to be productive. Walking on bare grass. Fuck off, all Writing a book that's really misleading <laughs> and lures you in to begin with, thinking, actually, Aubrey, this might be all right. And then you get about 20 pages in your work. <laughs> oh, my God. Bunch of bombs. <laughs> He's throwing axes at a plank of wood in the fucking garden. That's Aubrey solidly <laughs> never going to get Aubrey, am I? It is, no, Sorry. it is actually. It's okay. <laughs> Please come on, Aubrey. Um, so, yeah, I think both of those analyses are, are, are very accurate. Um, let's say for me, it was kind of like a, a protectionist strategy. Like if, it's a hedge. if I, it is, is a hedge, but it, it, it wasn't because I never had a lot of the time. I never had any intention of going off with one of the other girls. Right. What I was doing was I was using it to protect my own insecurities about not, uh, about concerns about the partner in my relationship. So it was like, That's if nice. I've cheated, then at least I've cheated. It's the, um, yeah, I got in there first. Is it prisoner's ah. dilemma? Yeah, no, it's, like it's, steal, steal or split. Yeah, exactly. You've stolen first, so you they can't. Yeah, hurt you can't. Anymore. You can't steal yeah. as much yeah. as I've stolen because I've stolen first. So it limits your worst case scenario, which is it, it's a huge um, fallacy. It, it's just not true. Like mm. you think that it's going to somehow hurt less, <clears throat> but the difference is you've robbed yourself of the one thing that you could have held on to, which is the fact that you could have been virtuous. Mm. Like there is nothing. There's no sympathy for anyone in a relationship if you find out that both partners have cheated on each other. Mm. 
Well, then you're just in a mess, aren't you? The you're relationship's ruined once the first partner's cheated. Absolutely. Really. Like, mm. once that's done, it's especially if it's if it's withheld from the partner. Yeah. I, I know some people are like, oh, it's brought us closer together because then we became honest with it. But Fuck it's, it's, on. <laughs> anyone, anyone who says that you've managed to make a partnership work because one of you's cheated on the other one is chatting shit. Yeah. It's it's rationalising it to feel better about it. Fuck off. So, Honestly, like it's you, yeah, you, you're trying to you, you're kidding yourself. You're absolutely kidding and yourself. You, you, you cannot. You could get into to with the Marky Orbis or So Sex at Dawn. That book I haven't read it. Yeah, but that's he. He's a big believer in like polyamory and that monogamy is. Anyone I've read who's read Sex at Dawn has completely shifted their perspective on polyamory. And really? Like, oh my god! Like, I'm never getting married now. And it's like, I, so I'm almost also, scared to read it. Bollocks! Like, <laughs> so let's, let's look at it from very, very briefly. I've done two podcasts with evolutionary psychologists recently. I'll lay a couple of a couple of points on you two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, lay them on us. Female women. Uh, okay. Female. Female women. With female uh, women. Female. Female women. That's a joke from Relationships 101. If you haven't a noticed... It's a joke that I can't even remember. So fine. don't feel bad if you're thinking... Oh, my God. I listened to Relationships 101. And I, you were in You this. were here. I was here. You existed. Anyway. I might be in such so, um, female, female humans, they don't have um, visual um, uh, ovulation. They... Uh, visual ovulation, is that right? What would it be if, like, you can't see when a woman's on heat? Oh, oh, I see. Okay. There's subtle signs, but right, I think yeah. we pick up on it. Yeah, but mostly you yeah. can't... It's not the same as, like, a dog. But Do you know what I mean? It gives off pheromones. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so, anyway, um, then there is the fact that <sighs> sex is a very long process for humans compared with other animals. Not for me. It's a very long process, um, and basically all of the things it would appear that human sex has evolved to encourage his pair bonding, that it requires the man to... It's not that easy to get pregnant. Like, you don't know what time of the month it is for her, so you mm. need to continue to have sex. Sex lasts for a while and feels relatively good compared with some other animals as well. And what this leads to is consistent sex, consistent, long, pleasurable sex. And what's the outcome of that? Pair bonding. Mm, okay. You have a greater sense of a bond between the male and the female. Okay. There's a couple of things about the size of testicles are supposed to relate to how promiscuous the females are because the bigger the testicles, the more semen there is to wash out the man before you. And that's straight from the mouth of Professor William Von Hippel. <laughs> I've heard, I'm, I'm guessing it might, it might have been him that said something similar where like the, the glands... Shape of the penis. The, so the glands of the penis <laughs> yep. is shaped, has that the corona, the ridge, mm-hmm. so that it can... It's a vacuum. Out. Yeah, so he's he's seen the penis. Well. There's a penis plunger video, which Video Mandine, if he can make it work, will be here. Bing. And we're back. <sighs> oh, God. Every time... I bet he's going to make it. He's going to leave and come back and go to a different dimension. Shit, the bed. Anyway. You're putting that YouTube holding bay, don't we? Oh, <laughs> Where are all the other people we've got? PewDiePie's over there. Yeah, exactly. PewDiePie. <laughs> So, um, so a corona exists to scoop other men's it sperm. It creates out. a vacuum that pulls other semen. Assuming you've like, you're uh, having sex with a woman who's just had sex with someone else. Got assuming you are, stirring. I think the, the technical term for that is um, porridge stirring. Porridge, uh, okay, porridge stirring is the yeah, the, the, the clinical term apparently. So, um, great. That's how it goes. Lovely image. 
Um, so I've been doing it wrong then. If that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, man. You gotta use a big two hands. Yeah, big stirrer. Get, get in there. So yeah, I think <clears throat> the the evolutionary justification for cheating aside, the, the orgasm as well. The contractions push the semen up into the uterus. Is that right? Yeah. So um, well, up into the ovaries. So like the the contractions. So if you if you make a woman orgasm during sex, supposedly that. Is to, is a strategy to improve fertility to. So if you're good, you've won. Yeah. So the man's corona. And if you have a more symmetrical off. face, as a man, you're more likely for your partner to orgasm during sex. Is that true? Apparently, that w- women is that cause or effect? I don't know how they studied that though. Yeah. But yeah, fair enough. So yeah, I think I think you're fairly symmetrical, John. I'm just checking. Yeah, you are. You're the same on both sides. Yeah. yeah um, checking for that. So yeah, it was an insurance. It was an insurance policy for me. It was trying to make. Hold on, of- hold on. I, I brought up monogamy. You started talking about coronas and glands and coming, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like we made any progress with that. Monogamy. <laughs> so you, I think you, you, uh, you said that. I'm going to talk about what Mr. Von Hippel said. That was it. You spoke about it. the so, different the different elements of sex. So and sex what is long could, and pleasurable, and it's happening all the time. Encourages pair bonding. Yeah. So uh, okay. okay. So so therefore, monogamy isn't the option, or is. isn't the solution. What? Isn't or is is. Is the solution? Yeah, polyamory from evolution isn't. Yes. From evolutionary, yeah. right? I so, think it's uh, yeah. polyamory to me is one of those things. It's like um, it's like at the start of this year, when I was like, you know what, I'm going to do an hour of meditation every day. That'll be fine. Three days in, fuck hell, dry retching on the floor, <laughs> like while your wife's being the, nailed. The, the, the idea someone. that's presented in this book that's convincing everyone, like I'm sure that it's very convincing. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you've just got to get down to brass tacks and, <laughs> and, and be in a relationship where you're both sleeping with other people. Well, we, yeah, and so be okay that. with that. And the, when we spoke to John Romaniello, he lives with two women that, and he's in a triad of a relationship. Mm. And the way he described it, it just sounds like a, a real. Uh, that's a good podcast to listen to because he, he is a man who is. He's fully doing He, he is in a polyamorous relationship with a lesbian couple. And he was like, I understand that this sounds like most straight men's dreams, but trust me. Administratively, there's a lot going on. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've instantly, like, with a relationship, there is one thread, one rope. Yeah. Instantly. But he's he's just, just, he's like a man taking 12 dogs for a walk. <laughs> like, he's like, I've got so much, so many intricacies in each of those relationships yeah. to manage all the time. Yeah. And like, by spending one t- more time with one of them, you're by definition spending less time with the other. So like, if you're in a relationship now, you're already having those feelings of like, I'm working too much. I'm, yeah. Like I'm at the gym, I should be, mm. and then you're like, fucking hell, I'm with partner one, I should Multiple be with partner two. He must be so productive to even just be able to put the time in. Just, oh, I think yeah. he's a very effective man. Fine, fair enough. So, what was the response to your video, the why men cheat as explained by Family Guy? Did you get many comments a on lot that? Of, a, lot of people, a lot of people replied, and I think there was one woman who said, no, it's because they're cheating, they're just cheating ourselves. And oh, I, sure I, mentioned, I mentioned that the word cheat was was in the... It was in the video. Mm. It was in the actual text yeah. of the video. It was almost impossible to see the video without reading the word cheat. Mm. But I think why men cheat, as explained by Family Guy, is the just novelty bias, isn't it? It's that it doesn't have to be better. It just has to be different. And I think a lot of men and women can kind of agree. Like, it makes sense both logically and it's been reflected in experience. Mm. Yeah, I, I think, like, although these are stereotypes and they're always kind of easy for mental um, heuristics to, you know, to, to jump to quick conclusions. 
certainly I've seen women cheat for that reason as well. And, you know, the, the, the things with the trends that we talked about with love versus respect and sexual novelty and all this stuff, like certainly works the other way. And I think the way that, that female sexual behavior in the last 20 years has become progressively more masculine or how stereotypically masculine in that women now become protagonists and, um, the, the, the sort of the, the pushes of, uh, of sex now in that because there's less, less of a clear gender role, there's less shame and so on around the whole thing that now cheating behavior is almost matched as well. Mm. So yeah, I, I, I agree. Hey, Johnny here. Just a really quick interruption to this episode to let you know about a resource we now have up and running on propinfitness.com. One of the most popular questions we get from readers and listeners is, hey guys, what would you recommend for my starting calories for fat loss or muscle gain? How much protein, carbs, fat? How many calories should I eat to begin my journey as a starting point? Normally, this is something that we do for clients when they come into our program, The Appropriate Protocol. But recently, we have opened up the calculator that we use for all of our clients so that you can get a free calculation, a free starting point of what we would recommend if you were to start as a client with us for your protein, carbs, fats, and calories overall for either fat loss or muscle gain, customized to you and your goal. If you want to get access to that, it is totally free. You just have to go to propinfitness.com forward slash calculator, enter your information, and we will send your macros and your calorie recommendations to that email address. And we'll also send you a few free resources over email just to pad that out and ensure that you have the best possible chances of reaching your goals in fat loss and muscle gain. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. Um, so yeah, moving forward from cheating, I suppose, is how do you end a relationship? Mm. Oh, if that's me, I'm going to feel... No, it's Dean. Like a big poo. It's definitely Dean. Do you feel like a big poo, Dean? Dean doesn't no, speak. No, Dean doesn't speak, does he? Um, yeah, I was so, talking to myself. How, how do you end a relationship and ending a relationship generally? Or should you? when should you end a relationship? That's a great question. So, I, question I, one, when you're cheated on or when you cheat, should you oh end a relationship? God. I mean, so, it's so, going to seven quid under that. <laughs> so, yeah. seven twenty now. I think the, the thing that we brought up before about if you, if anybody claims that someone cheating on them brought them closer together in a relationship they're chatting shit. Mm -hmm. It can only make things worse. I, I do rise. agree. I do agree that there's probably a couple of people out there. There's some people out there for whom they may be able to continue as the same, but it's not making your relationship better. No. That is fucking chat bollocks. Well, it's, it's removing trust. Yeah. Just destroying. There, trust. there is a, there is an agreement that neither of you are going to do that. And mm. one of them people has done it. Unless. So we spoke to James Bailey on the podcast, very interesting guy, polyamorous person, recently in a monogamous relationship, but just said at the start, look, I'm tempted by other women and this is the case. So if we're going to, if I'm going to have sex with someone, I'll let you know, but this is, this is it. And you, you can as well, but let's just so discuss is, it. Is that so cheating? That, I suppose it's not because they've set out the terms yeah. to begin with, haven't they? Because cheating is, is really just defined mm -hmm. as Breach not, of not adhering contract. to the terms of the arrangement. The terms need to be put in advance. And this is, that's a great point that we've missed off there. The fact that where do you draw the line with what is and isn't cheating? Mm. And I recently had a discussion with someone who is uh, regularly on a morning TV show. And she had been on saying that a man liking other women's photos on Instagram counts as cheating. 
And I was like, fair enough, I don't agree. Because you are implying um, a goal out of that. You're implying a particular mm-hmm. desire that he's trying to achieve by that same argument. It says more about her than it does about the men. To a degree, but I, the, the same argument would be that a man, your man who's looking at another woman in a bar is exactly the same because that's pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the, the very furry gray line of exactly what is and isn't cheating, like is holding hands cheating is having a meaningful conversation with someone cheating. Don't hold hands. But we're cheating. You are cheating. On that's who? True. On Chris. Cause he told us not to. Oh uh, yeah. You've broken the terms. Um, yeah. Like where does the line get drawn for cheating? But I think definitely should you split up with someone when you find out that you've been cheated on? I guess that's a very individual, uh, individual question. Depends how much it matters to you, I suppose. Well, so if anyone... the relationship matters more, should you? As, as in, like, it depends how much the specific instance of cheating matters. Okay. Um, we, but, we read like, the comments of this stuff, and I'd be really interested if someone could comment, if you've ever been in a relationship where someone's cheated and you've stayed together and you were glad that you did, compared yeah, to... And it's improved things. Mm-hmm. That would be... I mean, that'd be very surprising. Because I did. I, I stayed with a girlfriend after she cheated on me and it was such a mistake. I was just like, why did I do that in the first place? But it's just because I I was too, like, too clingy, I suppose. And looking back, it was like, if I'd just taken that as the... Because it, it's already late stage. By the time someone cheats, the relationship's already broken. By the time... It's an even, alarm going off, isn't it? It's not the well, problem. It's a lagging alarm as well, isn't yeah. it? It's like, it's so far after... How much life did you lose? Like, six months. So it's a significant proportion of your existence so was, far. I mean, it wasn't life lost, but yeah. Like it no, was but it could have been life spent doing other things, right? Yeah, not yeah. investing your time in someone else who didn't deserve it. You could have spent more time in Jasmine Pool on your breath. You could have <laughs> yeah. done exactly. You could have got six, thrown out. Could have got thrown months. out six months early. Imagine the size of my carotid arteries there. Yeah, like, oh. um. So I, I think certainly one thing in terms of like how to when to finish a relationship, the presiding rule that I've realised over the last few years is that if you are unhappy in a relationship and you want to finish it, and you're certain that you want to finish it you should finish it right now. And the reason for that is that not only are you wasting your own life, but you're wasting someone else's as well. Mm. It's respect for yourself and for the other person, person, isn't it? Like if you know that it's not going anywhere and you can't pluck up the courage to do it yourself, think about the fact that you're wasting the other person's life too. And I mean, if you, if you need more motivation than that, I'm afraid I can't give it to you. What are the big objections to doing that? So fear, Fear. Difficult conversation. Fear of making the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Fear that you'll only realise that you're making the wrong decision. Yeah. <laughs> that you're, you're only realising that you, that you made the wrong decision later down the line. Because I think, like, any big decision, the fear is, I'm going to do this and I regret, regret it. it. Because yeah. if, okay. if you knew you were right, it wouldn't be a difficult decision. It'd be like, oh, this is a shit conversation. Mm, I see. But I need to do it. It's it's how do I know? Because it's, it's bad now. I've had some bad experiences. I'm not sure it's going anywhere. I'm going to have this awful conversation, but I might see him or her with someone else in six months' time and think, oh, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's like, how do you... That's just prolonging the... the pain, it is, isn't it? it yeah. is. So it's like, I'm going to hold on to something to avoid that potential future pain or discomfort. I'm going to cause myself six months of mild discomfort 
and pain rather yeah. than Man, a short I've, shot. I've made it last a long time. Mm. I've made I've it dragged out the. the I've made. Nonsense. I've made. I've known that a relationship has been over for a very, very long time, and then the relationship being over period has lasted longer than the relationship <laughs> not being over period. And I mean, like. It's just and then by force of momentum, and you're just like, oh. Well, this is the new. This is the new re-regulated relationship, which is constant kind of unhappiness and disagreements and arguments and resentment from you, which destroys anything beautiful that you did once have with that person as well. Like mm. the way that it works with club nights. If we have a license that goes until five in the morning, but the club night's waning at three, we close at three. Mm. Like we don't let it fizzle out until five in the morning because if that happens the few people that are left at five in the morning say oh yeah we were at voodoo the other night it was when we left it was really shit and dead really that's so interesting you do it with club nights as well so it's it's a fluid end point you just say right everyone like it's getting a bit rubbish no like finish on a high finish on a high it's getting a bit rubbish it's I think it'll probably get a bit rubbish in 20 minutes so Uh, I'm going to preempt it they say you should do that well like Gigi Mufu does that with training with with like tumbling specific training where he's like when you start to feel good stop the session mm. to Don't. be honest I've had it with training of like I hit PB 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 and I'm like this I'm unstoppable and then I fall off a cliff yeah and it's like if only I just thought you know what end on a high mm. <laughs> yeah. people are starting but, to leave the club let's just <laughs> I think one of the reasons why so I um, I'm only just realised this recently I'm a very empathetic person and I think that plays into the fact that I'm empathetic is also played on top of the fact that I don't like upsetting people. And I think one of the other reasons why I in the past struggled to break up with people was potentially a lack of self-worth that I was like, well, fucking hell, even though I might not be happy with this person, at least I've got someone Mm -hmm. and I'm maybe not worthy of someone else, or maybe I'm not going to get someone who's as good or and then there's there's definitely there's so much momentum and familiarity and 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 just level of comfort yeah like all of these things it's no surprise that finishing relationships are messy especially once you're in it once you're in a point where like the relationship maybe has other things associated with it like where you live or shared possessions or pets family pets whatever kids like the you're not just ending a relationship you're completely changing your life yeah. So the so cost like, of um, massive moving things around is large. massive, and actually, that's one of the biggest determinants of a depressive episode: is a shift in your social, um, in your your life, in your circumstance. Not necessarily a positive or a negative one. So even if the ending of the relationship is classed as a positive shift in your life, because it's a big move, something like getting married, moving house, any of those things, if you have two or three of those in one go, your likelihood of depression goes up by quite a lot for yeah. that episode. So it's, you know, the, and you, I suppose your brain knows that that's a big knock. And so you end up holding it off and just thinking, let's just keep the status quo. Yeah. Better the, mm. better the devil, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, in terms of advice for if you need to, I mean, we haven't even got onto this before and a girl on Twitter's already ended a relationship, which should fucking bravo. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the main thing I want people to take away from this section is like, if you know that it's not going anywhere and you're certain of it, then firmly and compassionately tell the person that you're with that it's over, sit them down, 
Don't do over text. Like, if it's serious, like, if you've been together two months, then fucking, like, do a Snapchat, then, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I mean, send a fucking... Insta story. Flare. Insta story. Swipe up. Insta story, yeah. Swipe up, <laughs> swipe up to end this relationship. Uh, Link tree. I've got a message for you. Find it to swipe up what it is. Yeah. So, um... Link tree. But, yeah, definitely, if you know that it's over, then firmly and compassionately tell the person that this can't go on anymore and they'll want the reasons and they'll want all the rest of it in that scenario i think it's best again to tell them the truth i'm on this kind of truth vibe at the moment and we will do an episode on why truth is a superpower mm. at some point in the future but the least that you can do for someone when you're about to end a relationship with them is give them the metrics by which they can improve themselves for the next relationship I like that a lot. So, so you, when, when you're giving them that truth, it's, it's because it's doing them a favor, but I think the temptation is either to not think through the delivery and I've got a story to associated with that. Or if you're so bitter about it, that it ends up just coming across as like, like a pressure cooker and you just unload onto them. Um, when I was 17, 18, I broke up with a girl who I ended up in like a six to seven month relationship with just because I was basically um, too passive just in general in my life. And so um, it was the equivalent of someone like grabbing me and putting me in the sack. And then it's like, right, that's it. You're in a relationship. You're my boyfriend now for seven months. And then slowly I was like, hang on, like I've had no choice in this. So like, I'm, actually, I'm actually not really interested in this girl. And and um, yeah, so this so, sounds like one of those cold call people that knock on the door of OAPs, and before they really, know it, they've got a three hundred pounds a month direct debit. Yeah, I, I, I had all my double glazing done. I signed up for three insurances. I solar had, panels. Solar panel. I had a Google Home. I don't even. I didn't know how to use it. Yeah. So eventually, I was like, right, I'm going to have to just in my much further along this the autism spectrum than mm. I am now. Brain. I thought, what's the best way to? to I know. Okay, this sounds good, right? Took her aside just before she got on a bus and I said... At the bus stop. At the bus stop. I'm not I've not heard this story before, Hang sorry. On. Can you look straight down the pipe for me, please, and do it? Mm-hmm. I the said... one. Yeah. I said, Rosie, I'm not attracted to you. And I thought, it's not clear enough. Like, At all. <laughs> And then I just left it and she kind of looked at me and I started crying and I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> and then so I left because of that pulling aside, she missed her bus. She had to wait 40 minutes and I walked away thinking, I think I did that smoothly. I think, think, think I let her down gently there. And then realized later on that absolutely not. Saw her three years later, she was still very upset about it. Um, and rightfully so. That was that was a terrible delivery on all counts, but like okay, so the, the point was like there was a exactly as you said like the I, during the whole six months, too passive, not respecting myself or my time or uh, or her time, mm-hmm. especially her time because she's the one who's putting herself on the line. She's the one making herself vulnerable in that situation, yeah. really, yeah. Um, because it it's it's up to me to be to reject her or not. If someone pursues somebody, yeah. The, it's not a normal thing to, for the, for that just to be like, oh, okay. I'm You're not doing it on a whim. Yeah. So, um, exactly as you said, it's... Yeah. Bizarrely, it's, it's so compassionate to tell someone who likes you more than you like them that the relationship's over because 
you you know that as the relationship continues, all that you're suffering with is an increase in irritation and perhaps a waste of time. Whereas what that person is doing is entrenching themselves further into an investment in another person who doesn't care about them. Mm. And the longer that you allow that to go on, the more painful it's going to be when they decide, when, when it finally ends. And another thing as well is that I think a lot of cheating probably occurs. It certainly has done for me in the past due to me not pulling a trigger on that. So it's like, if I decided to say that the relationship was over when I was prepared, when I knew it was over, I would have cheated less than half the number of times that I have done. So much of it has occurred after then. So that, I mean, how many different ways do I want to be disingenuous <clears throat> to someone who's putting that, like giving me their time? The trouble is though, how do you know? Ooh, yeah, that was my back cracking. <laughs> That's never happened before. Um, how do you know when you're in that situation? Because you, you arrive at this point, like you're not, you're not sat there with your war map out thinking like, I'm going to do this next. We'll take Russia tomorrow. Like, it's, it's, you know, you're, you've got this sort of constant feeling building up of, of, I'm not necessarily that happy. Um, but like, you know, maybe things will recover. Um, I don't want them to be in a relationship with someone else. I'll just keep them. Have we got a process? Yeah, everything looks very deliberate and thought through with hindsight, doesn't it? But actually at the time you're just like, like oh, God. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the same question as when do you stop being young and start being old? Yeah. Like it's not, it's a gradual process. And at one point you wake up and you're old and at one point you wake up and you're unhappy. Mm. The same thing occurs for that. Um, Cause there is also this potentially insidious situation where you are 20 and you're in a relationship with someone. And because of these beliefs that you have, where you think like, I should be, like my sex life should be like this. My personal life should be like this. Our social life should be like that. You end the relationship and then seven, eight, 10 relationships down the line, you're like, shit, like should have kept on, should have kept a hold of that, on that relationship. So like, because it, of your ideals of what you think a relationship yeah. should be. So it's like, you're in this, you're in this position with someone and actually they match a lot of what you would really like about someone for a long-term partner, but you can't see that at the time because you're searching for these ideals that you eventually realize when you're 40, you don't exist. For example, just from Insta couples that seem yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's, uh, that's doing the work on yourself before you try to make a relationship work. This yeah. is why introspective work and self inquiry and mm -hmm. all these sort of things, uncovering your own cognitive biases are so important. If you don't know what you want, you can't, f how the fuck do you expect the other person to know? Um, but yeah, I, 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 unfortunately, for most of the stuff that we've had so far, we've been able to give a semi-autistic framework to things that's like a set of guidelines. This area of breaking up with someone, the devil's in the details, and the grey area of when is enough enough, it is a, a choice which can only be made by you and the other person. And I think mm -hmm. that the only thing that you can do is, once you've made the commitment, stick to it. Don't leave the other person with any lingering sense of hope or potential that it's going to continue or oh, that yeah. things may get better in the future or that you just want a break or whatever it is. We it's all know that the, the, we've all got a mate who's like been on and off with their girlfriend for the last 10 years yep. and they're both Never just works. cut up about it. And it's yeah. No. I think, I, I think I do have a framework 
They don't. Is it a spreadsheet? It's not. Oh. I can make it a spreadsheet. But Brilliant. Thank you. So sub- subscription. <laughs> so um, I think you first have to think. So it's, this, it's in exactly the same way as like um, how you would approach low carb dieting. So, like, I, I can't wait to hear you <laughs> compare how to break up with someone to how to approach a low carb so, diet. So it's 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 exactly it's exactly the same. So there are people who um, are fine never having carbohydrate again in their life. Okay, I'm not one of those people. So when I choose a diet approach, and when I give my clients diet approaches, one of the first questions is like, can you honestly see yourself sticking to this in a year? five years, 10 years. Because if it isn't sustainable at the moment, it won't, it's not going to get better. It's only going to get probably more difficult and encounter all these things. So like if you take the standard relationship, probably taken to the nth degree, like you'll move in together and that comes with lots of complications. You might get married. That comes with complications. You might have children, family, whatever. All those things are complexities and like a level up, like an extra thing to manage. So you have to right now think, can I imagine this getting to that point? Like, do I want this to get to that point? Is this person actually an enhancement? Do I like spending time with them? Because it it definitely should be like a level up enhancement to your life. Like you should feel like a better person. I think that's, for me, fundamental. But then, so if you, if you think there are those things in place and you're unhappy, I would, and I've never done this personally, but like having been in failed relationships and now in a successful one, I think, collate what it is that bothers you about the person sit down with them and say these are the things that are getting to me what about me do you not like honestly take their list and and really really work on it yourself and if they aren't receptive to that conversation then they aren't receptive to making it work anyway more than likely Mm -hmm. so like if you're experiencing problems chances are they are too because i I think everyone i'm i was terrible at this when i was younger of like this relationship's not going very well it's all what this person's doing like this is annoying this is annoying and you like moan about it with your friends but you never consider like I'm likely just as annoying if not more just as much of a bastard so like we're much more blind to our own behaviour as well of course you are it's automatic and ingrained but yeah so I think just having in the same way that you know I I likened the relationship to like a big business of you know like um, like the board of Facebook when it was like the Cambridge Analytica stuff, like do they sit and panic and, and just all cry and make really rash decisions and like storm out? Does one of them go over to Snapchat and, and you know, start yes. trying to work at Snapchat? Like, no, they sit down and think like, <laughs> let's solve this problem. Like we're, we all want this to, to continue being Facebook. Let's solve this problem. And you've got to have the same approach. And if Mark Zuckerberg goes, this is all, this is all too much for me. <laughs> I'm going to work at Snapchat. Then like Facebook's never going to work. Yeah, it's fucked. So I think that's a good way. That's a good way to look at it. Um, and I, I wonder, I wonder how many people would be prepared to write down the list and then take a list. You don't have to write it down. Well, okay, but, but, but to, to, yeah, to, to, to present to, it to them to present present a list of the things that are well, causing problems. So, so if you aren't willing to do that, get out of the relationship. Like, there's no there is no point being in a relationship. With if you're not prepared to do what you need to do to make it work. Mm-hmm then pull the trigger. And that, that advice is the same for like, I want to start my own business. I want to get into shape. Like all of those things have an associated level of work and it's not, do I want the outcome? Like, do I want a really nice relationship? I'm sure you do. Are you willing to do the work required? Can I tolerate it? I like, um, I like the idea that you came up with about projecting forward 
Like this person that I'm with now, mm. where am I at in six months, one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years? Mm-hmm. And can I imagine it working with them like that? Yeah. Because from there, if the answer is yes, sweet, you Great. can do some you're, refining you're or whatever. On the right path. Yeah. Yep. If the answer is no, you have two choices. Mm-hmm. Well, you have three, but the third one's shite. The f- <laughs> first choice is that you try and improve whatever the situation is to go back to the rocket trajectory analysis. Mm -hmm. Like you and this person are on slightly different courses and you're beginning to diverge as time continues, that divergence is going to get worse. You can try and course correct. Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah. You can pull the ejector seat Mm -hmm. and get out of it. Mm. Or the third one is to allow the courses to continue to diverge. And over time, the, small issues will become bigger. And by the time that you've reached the moon, you're a hundred thousand miles apart. So I would say in that situation, because that it's just like a secondhand car market, unfortunately, yeah. you oh should go Johnny. There's people, so there's people that keep sending me messages saying, do you think that Winston Churchill was a fascist? And I don't know what they mean. <laughs> you must've mentioned, I didn't mention Winston. Winston. I think it's something, I think it's a reference to Jordan Peterson. I don't know. However, if you are one of those people who's sending me a message saying that Winston Churchill's a fascist, you are 54 minutes and 30 seconds into my YouTube watch time. So thank you very much for your money through YouTube monetization. It's true, actually. You, you are one of these people that goes on the internet and looks for things to be offended by and then gets outraged about it. I'm going to subscribe and watch more of it so that I can be more offended. <laughs> it's like, well, no one's forcing you to watch this. You're bring it very on, well bring it on, buddy. I just want your watch time. We had a comment on a video the other day of a guy saying the video was boring. I was like, mate... We had it's someone say, I, I was so upset video. by this that I watched it again. Oh, God, yeah. It was my sleeping on the floor video. I had someone outraged saying, forget sleeping on the floor. It's putting <laughs> meat into your body and animals, that, you know, animal products. That's very unwell, And then he put, did another comment which said, I was so outraged by this, I had to watch it twice. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're like, there Thanks, was no mate. mention of animal products and meat. Where, where are your videos on? Oh, Ria, yeah, you don't have any. <sighs> I mean, the worst of thing. Yes, the worst thing that could happen would be for you to share your opinion with the thirteen people that follow you <laughs> on Instagram. To make yourself vulnerable to. I would be. People. I would be really. Or the level beyond that is when people see an ad on Facebook and share it, and then say something <laughs> aggressively, like aggressive to their like. Johnny's just like thirty <laughs> friends. I'm like, tick. Thank you. Yeah. So moving. What was saying I had a I had a point I was going to make. Uh, the rocket diverging. Um, Oh yeah, second I can't market, pull the ejector seat because like unless of course you're getting something out of that relationship outside like maybe you don't want to be in a relationship with someone on the long term, in which case fine. Compa- you, sh- several short term companionships. Like let's say to keep it to make it very crude, let's say the person that one of the fifty people who maybe would be perfect in, for you is gonna meet someone in three weeks' time and you never meet them because you're in this relationship that you're kind of holding on to, even though you know it's not working. So, yeah. And the yeah, same... So you shut yourself off to... The crazy thing is, what we're talking about here, we keep coming back to it, the, um, the effects are to the power of two with everything. Everything yeah. is squared. Yeah. So it's like, you are in a relationship which you are currently unhappy in. You could meet someone in three weeks' time that would be perfect for you, but you can't commit to them because you're in a relationship. And the same is true of the other Absolutely. person as well. Absolutely. And if you don't want them to meet someone else, 
then that because of some kind of uh, bitterness or resentment, then that's a toxic that's just situation. A, that's just a fucking yeah. juvenile, yeah. like... Like, not only are you ruining your situation, but you're just being selfish to the other person for the sake you of... Can fuck up, yeah. to you. Like, you can fuck up your life. You can happily fuck up your life, but messing up someone else's... And this mm. is... So for me, like, I'm, I'm perfectly happy suffering the consequences of my own actions and my own mistakes within relationships, which have been numerous in the past. Mm. But one of the things that I really struggled to deal with was the upset that I'd caused my partner. Like that, that is a... And that sits with you for a long time. Man, it's yeah, a tough, it's, it's a yeah. tough pill to... So I had to do an awful lot of reflection and mindfulness to get over some of the things that I've done. And it's like, it sounds like I've fucking killed someone. I haven't. But again, if you are someone who's empathetic, you're in this slightly vicious circle of not wanting to hurt the other person because you don't want to hurt them so you don't pull the trigger on it and then when you do end up doing it and hurting them then you've got all of the this extra baggage of the fact that you dragged it out mm. oh absolutely and I've, I've i've done that myself as well and you know after i was cheated on i didn't i mean i wasn't consciously aware of it at the time that i wasn't able to fully be present with them and mm. i was in this kind of really begrudging six months with them afterwards and i thought well why have I done this? Like, why didn't I just, she would have been happier. Obviously she wouldn't have been happy in the short term. She would have been very upset if I, because she'd feel like, Oh, I've, I've done this and I've caused this to happen. But yeah. after a month or so, you'd, you'd calibrate. You level up, man. Okay. And, and that's, I mean, that's, an, <clears throat> that's, that's another thing. That's another DS. Yeah. Here's, here's another, here's oh, another absolute. I'll, I'll abs- tell story in a second. Absolute truism of breaking up with someone. I know that it feels like either your world or their world are going to collapse. If the other person's dependent on you, you're going to think, fuck, I'm going to destroy them. They're never going to get over it. Or if you feel like you are somehow dependent on them, but you're unhappy or the relationship's abusive or you know it's not going anywhere, you feel like the microcosm of time that you're in right now is all that there will ever be. Mm -hmm. And you can't imagine ever being happy outside of it. But we are built to adapt as human beings. We literally adapt. for That's the only reason that we've been good we're not as strong or as fast or as anything else. We're a bit cleverer. We can work together and we can adapt to changing situations. Like you've seen that thing about the six month, if someone wins the lottery or becomes disabled, um, like paralyzed from the legs down or something after six months, their subjective ratings of happiness are the same, roughly the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely insane. I find that so hard to believe. The breaking up thing. Like if everyone's just trying to be happy and, an ending relationship is actually like a step in the right direction towards that ultimate goal because it was more than likely it was never going to happen in that situation anyway you were unhappy Mm. and you should view it as an opportunity I know it doesn't feel like one Mm -hmm. but you should view it as an opportunity Um, so the the final bit which is probably the most difficult we've left the the big boss for last is how do you get over someone okay so first thing is realise that no matter how tactfully you do it even if you're really really good about it and you take them to the side at the bus stop and you, you deliver a perfectly crafted line about the fact that you're not attracted to them at, at all at all you will still get you will still be the villain among their friends among their family and there's no way around that i think even if you were well liked and that's not necessarily personal obviously the the, the friends of of the ex are wanting are going to want to support them and as a result demonize you in in the in the stories and everything else and i think just not to get involved and just to let them do that and thrash it out themselves 
That's step one. That's the presumption that you are the breakup protagonist. Breaker upper, yeah. Breaker upper. The breaker. Yeah. What if you are, what if you are the broken? If you're the broken <laughs> Because this is this is the scenario I think that most people fear, which is that they care for someone and that one day they wake up and that this person says, I don't feel the same about you anymore. Uh, There's someone else. This needs to finish. And because in some cases, like, oh, thank God. I, I mean, like, oh, I'm so yeah, excited. Thank I mean, I th- or, so here's, again, this is my kind of the, the main point that I think guides my particular um, emotions in these situations. And that pride in a relationship is such an overriding, overbearing, visceral, stomach-punching feeling. And it, for me... The loss of pride. It's, yeah, that, 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 that you have this ego and, and it's so fucking fragile and that there's been situations that I've been in with girls where I haven't wanted them anymore. I don't want them. I'm not bothered about them. And I don't even mind if they're with someone else. Like, it, it, I'm not attracted to them. It doesn't matter. At all. But I still don't want them to say to me that they don't want me. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want you, but I don't want you to not want me. Like, you're the dirty penny that's at the bottom of my bag, but you still got to fucking stay in my bag. And it's such a juvenile, ridiculous way to feel. And I think that the flipping of that power like whether or not you don't care or whether you do care the fact that someone is it's a comment on you're not enough it's uh, when someone splits up with you you're not enough for me you're not worthy of my time as much as someone else is you're potentially not even as worthy of my time as no one is Mm. like it's it's unsurprising that breakups hurt as much as badly as they do because it's, it's taken, we take it personally when in reality it probably isn't. It's probably like, because when you break up with someone, you think it's because of the other person, but it's because of your feelings and thoughts. And mm-hmm. it may even be like stuff with you rather than the stuff with the other person. So, yeah. It's obviously the other person has a big impact. Of course. But there are, there are 100%, there will be numerous relationships that are ended because someone says, uh, someone feels, that they've got some stuff to work on. Mm. They're like, look, like, fuck, man, like, I, I, I'm just not in the right place for it at the moment. And they may be being so virtuous as to say, I can't give you what you need. I'm going to allow you to be happy with someone else. And that really is a, a f- very compassionate thing to say. But fuck, like, if you hear that get delivered to you, you're just like... Mm. Well, it's, it's dealing with difficult news, isn't it? It's how, how do you take something and... That, that is that is shifting the rest of your life that you didn't want and try and make the best of it. Yeah. And I think it's um like it's 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 not that different to although there is an endpoint insight, I suppose. Like if you're told that you have uh, a disease, cancer or something that is like this is you know immediately like this is gonna affect my life. I didn't want this to happen. You immediately catastrophize and think it's the worst thing possible if all you can do is control like what I'm going to do about it and how I perceive it, then trying to frame this as like this relationship has ended, but it's the start of something new. I can go find someone else. Yeah. Actions of like this, this is at the end of this chapter in my life. I'm going to make myself even better. I'm going to work on this aspect of my life, whatever. Like 
if there are two people and both people are in a relationship or they're dumped or they're cheated on and one person frames it really positively and just really doubles down on them and the rest of their life and the other person spends six months grieving over the loss of a Wistfully relationship. thinking about Both of them are in the same scenario. Like, neither of their actions have changed the outcome. Yeah. But one person's... That's a good point. Kind of really good. One person treats it as a crisis and the other opportunity. Mm. And, you, and you can, you know, it's the stoicism thing of, like, that's all you can control is thoughts and actions. Mm-hmm. Like so the breakup's the breakup. One of those ways to respond is the kind of instant grasping for looking for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, often someone that's not really well suited, but they're just there. The next just thing. available. Yeah. And... That is the mo is the probably the biggest insult that you can give to that person because mm-hmm. without them knowing they're just a a filler like mm-hmm. a a spare. You're a substitute that's come off the bench because the goalie's injured himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So in terms of effective strategies for getting over people, I've got some fairly, I guess, uh, staunch rules with regards to the way that I have done it in the past. Um, I think that trying to remain friends with your ex within, if it's been a significantly long relationship, i.e. one that's probably over a year, I think that you should aim to cut contact with them. That is everything. That is delete the number, delete the photos, remove them, block them on all social media, remove their phone number for six months. And I think that the reason for that is that the, the, we you laughing at? I know someone that did that. And they ended up receiving an email to their like oh, work God. account or something that was like the final, the last way. bastion of, of getting <laughs> through. Man, there's a this hilarious photo. Dean may be able to find it of um, a girlfriend had split up with a boyfriend at university, and the only way that he'd been able to contact her had been by depositing money into a bank account with a payment reference. Really nice. That had the ref- that had a, a message in it. How what what should he put as the amount value though? Well, he put like one p, but he did like ten. Oh, so it's like a word, a word per one. But like points for creativity. Yeah, it's fucking clever well, that. I take him back. Like, oh, that guy's going to do well. I'd take him back. Yeah, no, maybe not in relationships, but, but in some Silicon Valley. I still yeah. love four <laughs> yeah, exactly. P. Yes, yes. yes. He's, he's presented with a problem, hasn't he? Something like how can? But then I what? Go if your bank's like, oh, minimum transfer is five pounds. You're like, oh, oh fuck, this is twenty quid. Oh yeah. So yeah, block, block, and delete everything. Uh, you don't want to be reminded of them. All of the stuff that they've got you, give it back to them, give it to the charity shop, put it in the bin, put it in the attic, do whatever you need to. And then Facebook Marketplace. Facebook oh. Marketplace. Oh, it's a nightmare. Um, and then I think you need to spend time with friends. Yeah. Alain de Botton, I will put a link to how to get... A lot of this is derived from Alain de Botton from the School of Life's work. Um, how to get over someone. The video is fantastic. And I think, first and foremost, you need to accept the fact that the relationship is over you need to draw a very, very strong line under it. And once you've accept the fact that it's over, you can then begin to look forward as opposed to reminiscing and looking back. Um, we need something, something to fill the time that our thoughts have to manifest. And uh, if you can block off the fact of looking that way, you can start to look that way. You need to spend some time around friends. I think being on your own, there's some time on your own that maybe for reflection and such like, but like, Call on your friends. If you message your friends, a lot of people feel like, oh, I've got no one to turn to. I don't have any friends, this, that, and the other. Like, if there's ever been times where I've been feeling, like, down or whatever, and I've messaged you guys, and been like, man, having a little bit of a down day, within half an hour, like, I've got a response. Mm. It's like, if you call for help... And we're your, terrible with text. Yeah. And you're shite. Yeah. Like, 
That's um, how you get an email with a subject line urgent. Like, you'll open the email, won't you? Yeah. Doesn't matter what's it's, happening. A yeah. fire's happening, but yeah. you still open the email. Open the email. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Urgent. There is a fire in your... But yeah, fucking no! <laughs> yes, but this is an urgent email. Yeah. Um, That's why I'm checking my emails. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> hell. So, um, yeah, like, spend some time with your friends, I think. Like, go and do something which distracts you from the situation. You only have so much cognitive capacity. Like, if you have to go and play fucking darts or go crazy golf or go to the cinema or something, there will be brief periods where you're not thinking about the mm. breakup. There has to be. Mm-hmm. Like, as the person at the counter says, oh, have you got £10.50? Like, as you're counting the £10.50, I know this sounds very granular, but in some oh, of these situations... Oh, I situ- bought her a teddy bear that was £10.50. <laughs> <laughs> the, the cashier's mum was called that. And yeah, yeah, yeah like, I get that. But, you know, the, there's small, um, small periods, little oases of... Uh, a cognitive break from w- what you have been feeling and what you're now feeling rather than sat in the house just letting it completely overwhelm consu- it'll be the same Over- list of where's the overwhelm <laughs> the same list of things that make you forget to check your emails or check your phone yeah like go do this like go like go drive a Lamborghini around a track yeah like I guarantee <laughs> you'll not be thinking about Yep. You're pretty you there, just crying, fucking terrified. Crying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like trying to not spin a hundred grand car around a corner. You're like, you're, you're, you're thinking yeah. about just that. Yeah, and I think as well, uh, Alain de Botton's got this thing. I'm not too sure. Go jump in the North Sea. Yep. Oh, God, it. yeah. Well, I mean, what if you drown? <laughs> yeah. Actually, we cannot say to people who've just been in a terrible breakup <laughs> to go jump in the North Sea. Scrap that. Do not Dean. jump in the North Sea. <laughs> Have um, a cold shower. Have a cold shower, yeah. Go to Yusuf's house. Yeah, just go <laughs> see Yusuf. He can't have, it, can't have warm showers in his house. Um, I think... The, hot toilet. Hot toilet. I've got a hot toilet. Someone plumbed the fucking hot, hot water into Chris the toilet. Chris uses a kettle for a toilet. I do. I just sit on a kettle. Literally. Um, so, yeah, I think... Alain de Botton's got this idea where he says that um, you should bore yourself... But one of the opportunities is to bore yourself back into doing things. So he allow he says, allow yourself as many nights as you want that you cry into a tub of ice cream and watch as many romantic comedies with, like, your, oh, with your friend man, until you're like, literally like, I am fucking sick of myself. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, I'll motivate myself out of that. I think personally for me, I'm a lot more idiosyncratic than that. So for me, what I would try and do is instantiate some things that I know are good for me. Like I still think that I allow myself to... Um, I allow the thought loops to bore themselves out of out of existence. I'm like, I have been in this particular loop five thousand times before. I do not need to replay it again. Mm. I'm uh, less because there's a lot of uh, psychosocial um, factors on crying into a tub of ice cream whilst watching a dark screen. Yeah, I'm not room. sure how I feel about that advice because you see people, especially if they've got a slightly anencastic personality and they'll just absolutely what's, die. What's that word, like Slightly ob- obsessional personality. And An- anencastic. Yeah, so like if they, they're just like, they start getting some enjoyment from doing the the, the ice cream and watch it and then that becomes... A, a that's the life now. And yeah. then, yeah, you know, they say like, you break a habit once and that's a, a mistake. Break a habit twice and that's a new habit. You've created something new yeah. and suddenly... Great. You're just going down. I hate that that's the case. I know. It's such a, like, oh. But I did, a, I did a podcast earlier on today where I talked about how it, after a while of instantiating daily routines and habits, it's a lot, and this is both good and bad, unfortunately, after a while, it's a lot easier to do them than to not do them. And that works on both sides. Yeah. Like, for me to not meditate and not journal now, 
I'd be like, oh, it feels I, I, I'd feel like I was walking with one shoe on and one shoe off yeah. for the rest of the day. Oh, horrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the fact it's the fact that it's for the rest of the day. That's yeah. the real stinker. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it's fucked. Because then you miss your morning routine and before you know it, it's three months later and you, you forgot to get dressed that morning. And... Yeah. Yeah. Always does. I still feel off for most of the day if I've not meditated. I haven't today. And like, you... there's a constant feeling. You walked in backwards shoe. through the door earlier. Yeah, on, yeah. Just yeah. With one shoe on. Yeah, with one shoe on. Terrible. Um, there's advice in Wave the Superior yeah. Man that I'm currently reading, thanks to you two. Oh, great. You're reading it as well? Yeah. It's not a book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, 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 great book. David so, Dada. He talks about, um, like, when you're in pain or when you're experiencing something, to, like, stand with your shoulders back and, like, just feel it and really, ex- like, focus on just that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there is an argument to say that it's really painful, it's really shit, but just, like... Take it head on. Yeah. Man, it's just sit with it. Here's, here's, here's something to meditate on, like... Your life is not lived from the comfort of your couch. Like, when you look back on your life in 60, 70 years' time, hopefully, you you don't want to think that you didn't have any experiences. Mm, I and, wish I watched more Netflix. Yeah, like, mm. another thing to consider is that whatever you're feeling right now, it could be 10 out of 10 pain across globally across your entire body and you could have lost everything. But in six months' time, that will just be a memory. Mm. Like, nothing, nothing is going to last forever, and that's one of the few things that you know. So you're like, right, okay, I'm feeling something now. I recently did a podcast, an amazing podcast, with Alex Hutchinson, who wrote a book called Endure. And in this, what he does is he discusses the different um, contributing factors to what makes an endurance athlete successful. And what he says is that very, very good endurance athletes are able to mindfully distinguish between the different elements of discomfort within the body. So it's not just overwhelm. It's not pain and discomfort. It's, he talks about it like a glass of wine. So he says, well, there's an undertone of lactic burn. I can, I'm getting some notes of breathlessness and a high heart rate. There's a scent of heat. And, uh, and discomfort in my head. There's a ringing in my ear. There's a, a, a blindness on the side of my eyes. And as opposed to seeing the emotions or feeling the emotions as a single nebulous, insurmountable problem, what you actually feel them for are their component parts. Mm. And I think that's what you're talking about there. Yeah. It's sitting with the discomfort. It's like, what am I feeling? Okay, so I've got the, the, the stomach. I, I can feel the heat rising in my chest. Like, break it down, and, and you can break open what it is that Something you... Something that in Sam Harris's, like, lessons talks about, um, like, there's a... We all have this feeling that at some point that, like, pain or a sensation or something is um, absolutely unbearable. I'll not mm-hmm. be able to continue. But, like, logically, right now and a moment ago and two moments ago and three moments ago, you were just experiencing that, and it was fine. So there's nothing different about it's the ah yeah it's it's, about it so So, go and do what's called a widow maker which (laughs) is a which is 20 reps on back squat with your 10 rep max and that's the the only time i can really distinctly remember and it happened every time this decoupling from like i am in this experience but there's a moment of like 
You're always just watching yourself doing it. That that sounds impossible, by the way. You (laughs) keep it on your back until you've done ten. Then you take three or five deep breaths. And you do another rep. And it's horrendous. Horrendous. So the equivalent that Alex used in the podcast was, I think it's um, five by five by 500 meter sprints. So you go as hard as you can. You run for, you run five, 500 meters. You have a one minute rest. You run again. And then once you've finished, you've done your fifth rep and you're on the floor dying and panting. You'll be in a mega lactate threshold in that, that particular workout as well. Your coach comes over and says, you need to do one more. Mm. And you're like, I can't, I could. And and you've given it everything on that fifth round. You've given it absolutely everything that you've got. Mm. But if you need to get up and you need to go again, you find that you can go again mm-hmm. and you could go again after that. I always find it quite comforting when I'm training that like, I don't need like not being able to do it. I don't need to worry about that. Like my body will take care of that. Like if the, the 20 rep squats, like eventually I'll just collapse. <laughs> so I don't like that's taken care of. All I need to do is so relax. Is continue. It is, so eventually I'll like, just collapse with 180 kilos. Well, like, you're it'll thinking, be okay. like, Cause there's, there's almost this like, I decide when I give up. So, well, you don't. You your don't body, have to. Your body will take care of yeah. that. And you're going to be fascinated by the podcast I did with yeah. Alex. It's unbelievable. We'll the way. And the, the main thing, I'm not going to give too much of a spoiler away, but the key to everything, he says, in endurance and in uh, mentality within sports is RPE. Is it? Everything <clears throat> is rate of perceived exertion. Everything. It's quite, it's different with things that you're actively doing to yourself, I suppose. Cause, the, cause with grief, with breakups, it is grief. It's happening to you, mm. but this sense of, so Shinzen Young says suffering equals pain times resistance. resistance. And is that like the holding onto the tennis ball thing? Probably. Yeah. So like you, the amount of resist, resisting it happening to you, I suppose like you're holding on to something there, but if it's something happening to you, the more you're like, ah, oh, no, no, if you actually just, yeah, as you said, dial down on what are the specific sensations that I'm feeling, you realise that actually they're a lot smaller. They're just like little atoms, and it's it's you're just seeing this big mass that you're assuming is huge. You realise that they're just like bubbles, and they're vacuous inside. And Sam Harris as well talks about like the sensation in his knee while meditating for a long time, and how it becomes this searing pain. But then once he kind of zones in on it, it's like actually I can't distinguish if it's ecstasy or pain. It's just an intense sensation. And I know this is, I mean, this, we are, we are telling people who are heartbroken <laughs> that they need to sit with their discomfort. You, you absolutely and, do. But yes, they do. It, it is yeah. the truth. It is the truth. It's a learning experience. And I mean, grief what, will come out in some way. So here's, here's a, Sorry. here's a really nice Enjoy thing. To, here's, here's a really nice well, thing to think you, about. You say, yeah. just, <laughs> a nice thing to think about if you are going through a breakup or have done or are going to, like, what, what better of a way to take ownership of something painful than to use it for growth. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. this is a, a situation which would crush a lot of people, may even crush me. It feels that there's discomfort and somehow on the other side of this, I've drawn a profit or a, a positive. I mean, fuck. Like, yeah. there you go. That's how it complete. That is how to complete getting over someone. Um, so gentlemen, thank Don't you very judge. much. Thank you very much for your time. We will Chris, be back. Anytime. We will be back. Well, I know we're about to do another one, but no <laughs> one knows. Uh, we will be back with Relationships 104, which is the long-awaited Instagram funnel. Is it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> my goodness. Ready thyselves.
for the Instagram it's going to be good <laughs> please do not forget to press subscribe if you've enjoyed the episode share it with a friend it would make us very very happy indeed links to some of the further reading some of the other articles that we've mentioned will be in the show notes below press the share button press it now please press it now okay I'll bye then okay bye then hey Johnny again hope you enjoyed that episode So we have an opportunity for you, something that we have put together that is totally free, that is a synthesis of everything that Yusuf and I have learned in fat loss, muscle gain, nutrition, training, lifestyle, habits, the works. Everything that you hear on these podcasts, condensed and more, condensed into a synthesis of seven days of learning and immersive experience to totally overhaul, enhance and accelerate the results you're getting currently in your training and your nutrition, no matter how advanced you are or aren't. We put together a virtual learning interactive coaching experience called the 7-Day Kickstart that you can take part in whenever you're ready to. To join, simply go profitfitness.com forward slash 7-Day Kickstart. Enter your details and you'll be sent everything that you need. You'll be coached by the Profit Fitness coaching team over seven days for free. You'll get seven days of content sent to your email completely for free. And it gives you a look behind the scenes of what we do with clients and gives you a ton of information that previously was only available to paying clients inside of our world. So propinfitness.com forward slash seven day kickstart to take part and we hope to see you inside. See you in the next episode. Speak soon.